Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. For those of you who are still in here, why don't we turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I feel like I'm really far away from you all today, so just get used to it here. Hey, we've been going through a sermon series uh, starting last week, but it's uh, kind of loosely based on this book called Crazy Busy, a mercifully short book on a really big problem. And so uh, we're not going to belabor this book too long, probably a couple, three more weeks, and we'll get through it. But if you would like to read this with me, you're more than welcome to. Uh, There are uh, 10 of these books on sale back there at the Welcome Center. Uh, You can just drop 10 bucks in the plate or near them or in a book. I don't know. Details, they escape me. So um, you can just drop there and grab one and you're good to go. Uh, what a, it's, it's a great book, so uh, pick it up. Today, we're going to uh, dive into a story that I kind of alluded to last week about Mary and Martha and the idea that um, sometimes we completely in our busyness miss what's the most important. So we're going to start in verse 38, and we're going to go through uh, verse 42. Let's read it together. If you don't have your Bibles, it's right there. Okay. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Hey, God, as we unpack this piece of scripture, Lord, I I pray that uh, we could see our own hearts and we can dive in a little bit deeper into who you are and how you've created us and how how we can be transformed by your Holy Spirit. So God, we thank you. In the name we pray, amen. The story is pretty great because it kind of really encapsulates two main people in the world. Some of us would look at Mary and go, well, she just doesn't want to do any work. Some of us would look at Martha and go, that's right, who else is going to cook the Sunday ham for all the people coming over? But I think a couple of areas that we can look at in this morning is, what does pride have to do with our busyness? And also, where is God taking us in terms of knowing what to do? Because maybe we are doing things that God's not asking us to do. C.J. Mahoney says it like this. He says, pride is when sinful human beings aspire to the status and position of God and refuse to acknowledge their dependence upon him. When I look at Martha, and I look at, you can leave that up there for just a little bit. When I look at Martha, and her comment right away is not just, hey, I need a little help doing this. 
okay? She is prideful in the aspect of going to Jesus and saying, well, what I'm doing is very important. Mary should be doing this too, so why don't you shame her into getting her to do what I want her to do? Kevin DeYoung comes up with a, uh, about a list of nine uh, things of pride in her life because really this is what is going on in busyness in her. She's prideful about, I'm doing the right thing. Now you tell Mary to do the right thing with me. How often have you looked at somebody else and said, well, I'm doing the right thing. Maybe you should do this thing with me. It's because we are trying to aspire to the status and position of God and we're refusing to acknowledge the dependence upon him. Mary, in this sense, Jesus does tell her that she has chosen what to do. Notice he doesn't say Mary has picked the right thing to do and you should do this too. But Mary, based on her relationship with me, has chosen what to do at this exact moment. And it's okay. Because guess what? There is a ham dinner to be served later on. Okay? We have people coming over. Jesus is there. Somebody's going to have to eat at some point. Right? But maybe just not now. And so we'll talk about later on in the second half of this sermon about looking at, okay, what do we do when we're not doing the things that God is asking us to do? How do we maybe take a step back and filter it through him? But the first thing I want to do is I want to look at these areas of pride when it comes to busyness. And so Noah, if you want to pull up that uh, bunch of list of pride coming out in your busyness. You see, when I first started looking at this list, I started going, well, I might have one or two. And then as I was going on, I just started underlining and underlining and underlining. And I probably didn't, uh, didn't underline one of them. But then somebody this week told me, nope, that's you. And so I underlined that one too. I want you to understand something. I, th I think it's, <laughs> it's not that we aren't supposed to be doing something. That's not where I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is this, is where is your motivation? You see, because you can be super busy all because you want to please somebody in your life. And so you do things based on how they are going to treat you. That's pride. You're doing things because you want pats on the back. Maybe most of you don't necessarily say that outright, but maybe you in your mindset are going, well, I hope that. I hope that somebody notices. It's not that I don't mind people coming to me and patting me on the back and saying happy birthday. What I fear is what you're going to do to me when you know it's my birthday. That's the real fear, which is people pleasing. All right, so... It's not bad to have pats on the back, but if you're doing it solely for that purpose, you are missing out on truly giving without attachment. And then there's one that's huge for me is performance evaluation. This says something like this. If I don't do this, no one will. Everything depends upon me. And I'm just going to let you know that I made that statement twice this week in front of my staff members. We talked about the gym needing to be cleaned, and they said, well, do you necessarily have to clean the gym? And I said, well, if I don't do it, no one else will. And they both looked at me, and they said, well, we'll help if you would like us to. You just need to ask. 
And then my pride got in the way, and I wanted to be people-pleasing, and so I did not ask them to help. And then, never mind. So, the rest of this book, I don't want to go into it. I am a prideful person. This last statement blew my mind. You are not irreplaceable. Just think about that for a second. In every aspect of your life, you are not irreplaceable. That's really hard to be okay with. But when it comes to that, we can then move on to being a Mary uh, a little bit more. We can move a little bit further. The next one, possessions. We work to earn and we earn to spend. The problem comes when we take pride in our possessions. Or more subtly, when we are too proud to trust God no matter what happens with them. If there were an accident that happened that took off some of your possessions, would you be fretful and worried or would you just go, nope, God's got me under control. I had this one time when I borrowed a fifth wheel trailer and I was going to Super Summer and I backed the fifth wheel trailer up and I forgot to, I kind of lifted it without unhooking it from the hitch. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, I'll do it in reverse really quickly. And I opened it and all of a sudden the fifth wheel came and just bam, right on the back of the bed of the pickup. I mean, just creased it, right? Just, and, and I am fretful. Because I know the damage it's caused because I want to please people. I want Pat's on the back to say, you know how to take care of fifth wheels. Good job. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> performance evaluation, like, yep, he can handle it. And then this happens. And the person, when I brought it back to them, I said, I'm super sorry. And they said, that's okay. That's why we have insurance. That's why God can handle things and it's all right. I really hope he's fixed that truck since then, but I have no clue because at that moment, he already knew where his possessions lied. And then there comes to proving yourself. Every single one of us has, is busy because we keep on wanting to prove ourselves to others. You see, is your ambition for God's glory, is it for yours? Do you keep on wanting to make yourself bigger because you want to give God glory and do something through that? Or do you want to become bigger because you just want more notice? Because you want bigger, better. Maybe God's calling you to that, and that's okay. But that's for him to decide, not for you to decide. And so is it God, for God's glory, is it for your own? Pity is another form of pride. Let's face it. People feel sorry for us when we're busy. You hear people say that all the time. Man, I don't want to bother you, like I said last week, because you're too busy. There's a form of, yes, they get me a little bit, so I'm just going to be more busy. Maybe they'll feel sorry for me. And then there's poor planning, where we don't look through the whole entire week. We just keep cramming as much stuff in as we possibly can, and we completely lose those around us. That's a form of pride, because we miss the most important things because of our poor planning. Maybe we're so busy because we want the power. I need to stay busy because I need to stay in control. Maybe we need to stay busy because we want to be perfectionists. I can't let up because I can't make a mistake. Perfectionism 
is a form of pride. Now, I know some of you are sitting there going, well, what if you want to be happy with the product you're putting out there? Does it miss what God is asking you to do? Is it hurting relationships around you? Then position. I do things because that's what people like me are supposed to do. I'm a pastor, so I'm supposed to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. What if God's not asking me to do those things? What if it's for the prestige? And here's a new one that I think is huge. Form of pride is posting. And what I mean by that is this, is that we fear that others will think when we don't show up on Instagram or Facebook or make phone calls for hours, days, or weeks, that they will miss us. And so we are fearful, and so we've got to post as much stuff as we possibly can so that they know or give us accolades about our life. And we completely miss out on the relationships that are directly in front of us. Another person says it like this. It says, pride is the lie that we were made to be worshipped. The gospel is the truth that we were made to worship. So if that's all the pride in our life, boiling down to our busyness, there's got to be a middle ground. I wish that I could say that you should be either like Martha or Mary, but I feel like it's probably somewhere in between. Pride gets in the way of doing what God wants us to do when we are doing the things that God has not asked us to do. And the funny thing is, is the Bible is a big book. I just started, not the funny thing, the Bible is a big book. I just started doing a, a 60-day reading challenge with Brian and some other people, and it is big work. 60 days of reading straight through the Bible. I'm four days behind. We read, the first day you had to read 23 chapters, and so on and so on, and I'm looking forward to the book of Numbers. I'll be listening to that one on two times speed, not... It's a big book, and it's easy for us to get, to get this attitude of going, we are so far off the beaten path. We say things like we should pray more, we should read more, we should give more, we should show more hospitality, we should show more faith, we should volunteer more, and the list goes on and on and on. All while forgetting that we can't do everything. And I think that's where transferring into Mary's look in her life. When God said, my dear Martha, you were worried and upset about over all these details. There is one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. My dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. We can get so bogged down in looking at all the things that we're supposed to be doing, and we miss out on the one thing that shouldn't be taken away from us. And in fact, it's the one thing we shove off to the side quicker than anything because we can excuse it away. Well, at least I'm doing things for God. Really? Are you? I don't want you to confuse doing things for God with doing things in God's name. Well, at least I'm doing it in God's name. But the thing that also scares me is when I read through the Bible, I get 
afraid of the things that are being called because they're so much bigger than myself. There are many things in this world in which we can tackle. We can tackle AIDS, fostering, widow care, world hunger, homelessness, getting water to people in villages that don't have water, and dot, dot, dot. So much more. But I wonder if we could take the heart of Mary a little bit and say, I'm not going to worry about all those details. I'm going to sit with Jesus and see what he has to teach me. I'm going to sit here while the rest of the world goes by and I'm going to learn from Jesus and then I'm going to do what's needed to be done. Jesus often did that, right? He goes and does miracles and, and prays for people and then he leaves and goes to the wilderness and he sits and he talks with God. In this book, it gives us a list of things that maybe we can start asking ourselves when we go through, is this something that I should be doing? And that list starts with this. I am not the Christ. In anything you're doing, you need to realize that you're not Christ. You're not the Savior of the world. Christ is. And so let's start there. Things are going wrong in your marriage, start there. Work is getting you down and you're just busy and you don't know how to tackle everything. Let's go back to sitting at the feet of Jesus. Start over again. Doesn't mean that we become lazy and do nothing. It means that we move forward and start with Christ. The problem is, is pride says that Christ is not Christ. I've got everything handled. You are not Christ. The second one is this, is that there is good news. In all that's going on, in all the earthquakes, all, all the AIDS epidemic, all of the Ebola outbreaks, all of the water not being there, kids not being in homes, there is still good news. And it's the good news for all people. You know, we want to go and fix all of these things and give people homes, feed them with water. But if we don't feed them with Jesus Christ, it's just a good thing to do. God is calling all of us to share the good news. It might not always look like sitting on a beach telling the guy next to us, hey, do you know Jesus? But we have to understand that there is good news that's changed our hearts. God is the only help, not you. You are not the Christ and you're not the one who makes the good news. God does all of that. Noah, there's a list that should be on there after uh, Luke that says that for me. Yep, there you go. Next one is, is that care is not the same as do. Care is not the same thing as do. We will not all do the same thing in this world. There are certain areas that you will take on for yourself. But there's something that I need you to know is that you should care about all the trouble and hurt in the world. You shouldn't turn a blind eye to them. Brian has been speaking on fostering, for, fostering love for a couple weeks now. 
And I've heard phrases from, well, I'm too old to do that, or, hey, I'm going to jump on. I'm so glad you gave me the nudge to be able to do that, too. Eh, guess what? That system is so messed up. Why would we ever want to be a part of that? My question is, is do you care about that enough to at least pray? Enough to at least go, that is a problem, and I want to be aware of it. Because then and only then can we actually do something about it. But we have to care. AIDS is a big problem. Homelessness is a big problem. People who don't have drinking water is a big problem. People who don't know Jesus is a big problem. But do you care enough to spend the time with God to allow him to interrupt your busyness and go, no, sit here and listen from me? Or do you just keep on going on making all the dinners? Next one is, is we all have different gifts and callings. Mary is definitely not a type A person. I am not a type A person. I miss details all the time. I might know what we're going to eat, but I don't know how we're going to get to eat it. I just know this is what I want. See, the thing is, is we look at the story of Mary and Martha and we want to go, well, this one's right and this one's wrong. But God made both of them. God gave each and every one of them a, a skill set and a talent to be able to see. But I don't want to miss what God is calling in the midst of our busyness. And I think it's a heart issue, not a do issue. The next one is, is that do you remember that you're a part of the church? Today we're baptizing people and they become a part of the big C church, not the little C church. They are saying that they want to become a part of a huge global initiative. That they want to see the good news spread, that they want to make Christ known. The little church can't always do tons of things, but the big church can. And we can be a part of that, and we can look at what's going on around the world and go, I want to be a part of that because I care, and because God has called me to help out with that. Next one is this, is that I can always pray right now. Do you have that mindset? There are tons of people who come into my office asking for help all the time. Do you think the first thing on my mind is to pray? They walk out my door and I, th I think to myself, well, I could have prayed for them. If you don't know what to do sometimes, if you're caught in the midst of your busyness, can you step back and go, I just need to pray right now. I need to spend time with God right now. I'm not asking you to pray more. That's not what I'm saying. In the moments of your busyness, can you invite God in or have you completely shut him out because you're just not thinking? There was a book that I read with my small group many years ago and they challenged us to set your watch for every 60 seconds. Well, a lot of you might not wear a watch, but your phones for uh, not 60 seconds, 60 minutes. And, and every 60 minutes it goes off and it just says, hey, stop right now. Look around you. See the goodness of God. Is there somebody you need to pray for that's around you? Is there something that you need to ask him? And is there something you can praise him for? 
You'd be surprised at how much you've left God out of your daily life until you do that. And the last one is this, is to remember that Jesus didn't do it all. Because if we want to do it all, once again, it goes right back to our pride. That we are better than God at taking care of things than he is. You see, Martha, in her moment of doing all this dinner work, she was essentially saying that I am more important right now. I'm getting everything together. Can't you guys see how great I am? And her pride and her busyness took her away from seeing Christ for who he was. I don't know about Mary. I can't say that later on Mary did all the right things and stayed with Jesus. It seems like she was a pretty cool woman in terms of just wanting her heart to be connected with Christ. She still had to do something too. But she did it based off of her relationship with Jesus, not assuming anything on Christ. And I want to finish today with a verse that's really captured my thought process in this one is when I offer my life as a living sacrifice, I can read this verse and think about how I go through that process when I am busy. And Philippians 2, 3 through 8 says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationship, have with one another the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Okay, this is the mindset. Check this out. Who being in the very nature God, he was God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Who being the very nature, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He wanted his whole entire life to be pointing back to God over and over and over again. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So being the nature of God, he took on being a servant, being made in human likeness. Because we, we are not God, but God has said, I've made you in the image of me. So we don't want to be equal with God. That's not what we're saying. And we want to be to the point of going, I want to be a servant of God to everyone. So no matter where you find yourself, if you're in huge stress and worry and need, are you serving other people? Because in this, in this story, Martha would say, I'm serving everybody. I'm serving them. But she missed the whole big picture of who Jesus is. I have a lot of work to do in that area. And then in verse 8, in being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus says to us, he says, would you pick up your cross every day and follow me? Would you be willing to be obedient to death? 
for the things that God is asking you to do. I don't want to get to the point where we're busy to death. That's, that's not where we're at. I, I want to get to the point where we would just say, God, you are calling me to this, and this is a cause worth dying for. Because when we listen to Christ and we know what he's calling us to, it's a beautiful story because we are allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. We see where we're at, and we've said our trajectory has been all wrong. We've been busy for all the wrong reasons. In this book, Crazy Busy, Kevin DeYoung finishes one of his chapters, and he says this. It is okay to be busy at times. You can't love and serve others without giving of your time. So work hard, work long, work often. Just remember, it's not supposed to be about you. Feed people, not your pride. We get lost a lot of times, don't we? We miss the fact that we think that we're Christ, that we are the sole proprietors of good news. And that everybody else has to do what we're doing. We forget that people have other gifts and talents and we don't invite them in to what's going on. We forget the big church so that we can just do what we're trying to do. We don't pray and we think that we can do it all. Because our pride gets in the way over and over again. It's really about submission. It's really about coming to a point and completely submitting our lives to Christ. It's coming to the point of going, we haven't been able to do this all on our own. We need the help of God in this area. It's a busy Sunday. We've got birthdays and lost microphones and baptisms and baby dedications. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And I'm gonna disagree with Seth on just a, a little part here. It's not a big disagreement. The church isn't breaking apart. It's okay. She was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And yeah, the dinner needed to be made, but you guys ever heard any stories of Jesus providing food when nobody was making dinner? And so I think the biggest phrase we can take home with us today is are you doing stuff for or are you doing stuff with? Are you, doing, are you volunteering for one of four, God, for the children, for the need that needs to be met? Or are you volunteering with Awana with God? Are you worshiping up here on the stage for God, for the church, or with God, with the church? Are you helping out with the youth group? Are you helping your neighbor for your neighbor to be the Savior or with God? That is the biggest difference we can take home today. Our pride is going to say we're doing it for something. God is going to say we're doing it with something. He's going to get it done without you. Just join him in it. Join him in it. We're getting baptized for God. We get baptized with God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, may you remove us. Remove our pride. Get us out of the way. There, 
this city, this county, this state, this country, this world needs to see you. And Lord, we just continue to get in the way because we think we're helping. Lord, guide us. Guide our actions. Guide our words. Guide our prayer life. Guide our faith. Guide our love. Guide our hope. Guide our forgiveness. Lord, we need you so much. You are holy, holy, holy. And aside from you, we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.